Hello listeners, this is Eric Lambiasi, creator of Packaged Media. In this show, Ryan Hughes will be talking with a person like Chris. Well, I'm Chris Barnes. He owns a subscription-based business. The point of the show is to hear the passion of the people we sometimes forget about when subscribing to things like Blue Apron, Book of the Month Club, or Escape the Crate. You'll learn all about Escape the Crate in our first episode. Before the show starts, Chris was nice enough to set us up with a promo code for your first subscription from Escape the Crate. Escape the Crate's website right now and use promo code PACKAGED. You will get 15% off of your first subscription box order. It does not work on any retired boxes, only new box orders. Thanks, and here's the episode. All right, well, Chris, uh, thank you for uh, meeting with me, uh, for sharing of your time, and sharing a little bit about... Uh, escape the crate. I'm excited to interview you. You'll be our first uh, packaged interview. And awesome. So, uh, very excited. So, Chris, before we get started, just tell me a little bit about you. You know, how old you are, where you're from, your occupation, things like that. Sure. Uh, well, I'm Chris Barnes. I am the founder of Escape the Crate, and I am 28 years old. Uh, I live over in Springfield, Ohio, and I'm actually a teacher for my daytime job. Okay. So, I teach fifth grade all through the day, and I run escape room businesses by night, I guess. Awesome. Wonderful. So what do you teach? I teach reading and social studies for fifth grade at a, a very nice school, um, a county school. So we have, uh, I have about 60 students that I deal with throughout the day. So I guess kind of my love of history and reading kind of move from the school into the box a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I was looking around on your website a little bit. Definitely have a lot of interesting adventures available. Um, well, thanks. And so different time periods, different histories, different, uh, yeah, like you said, the history and the English, I can see it there. So tell me, how did you really get the idea to start the business in the first place? Well, I'm a big escape room fan. Uh, a couple years ago, I went with a couple of friends to my first escape room. And I remember being inside of there and about halfway through, I kind of stopped and went, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my entire <laughs> life. And we were trying to steal um, some artwork out of an art museum. And I remember thinking, wow, this is better than a theme park or better than watching a movie. And I got out of it and I thought, okay, I need to do the next one. And so um, over the course of a year, I think I did 30 or 40 different escape rooms. And I realized it was becoming an addiction. You know, it was becoming one of those things I thought, I need to, you know, calm down with this. It's too much. Um, And then I began to think, you know, I really want to play this at home because I had several friends that it did not really appeal going to a physical place and being locked in a room with strangers. They thought that sounded a little bit sketchy. (laughs) I thought, you know, why don't I uh, make up my own idea for a game and we could play it, you know, at the family room table or at the dining room table. So I sat down with uh, just some paper and some felt and some little tokens and I created my first game and um, we sat down and I thought, hey, I can kind of create the same idea of an escape room, but it can fit instead of a small space. And um, so my next step was I thought, you know, if my friends like this, maybe my class at school will like it. So escape room for my class at school. And I took it to the kids because I thought that would be the ultimate test. If the kids could get the puzzles and if they could get along with each other long enough to play it, because, you know, fifth graders... Often they start bickering about things occasionally. Absolutely. So we sat down and um, they played through it. And I noticed that the same 
people were having the same sort of excitement that you have in the actual rooms. People were, um, when they discover the clues, they're jumping up and down. When you use the black light and you find a hidden message, there's that aha moment and things start piecing together. Yeah. And I thought, this is really cool. And so from there, uh, back about Christmas time of 2016, I thought, you know, maybe other people would like this. And I sat down and created the first Escape the Crate game, and we launched on January 1st of 2017. Wow. Okay, so you've only really been around for, you're coming up on just being around for a year. Yeah, we're just about for our year anniversary. And we're a bi-monthly subscription, so we ship out every two months. So... That gives us a little bit of extra time to create the games, not to mention um, sometimes you can get a little bit of overload. If you were to get, say, 12 escape rooms in a year, oh yeah, off the 10th escape room, you're thinking, okay, I've escaped the room, we've got... <laughs> but having you know a two-month break, having a two-month uh, window in there, just by the time that you get done with one, you have a little bit of a break, and then you start itching for the next one. So we have six adventures out now, Wonderful. as of the end of the first year. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So, um, what did you see as people's like initial response to that? Like, how do you really get things, you know, off the ground per se? I mean, you know, you had the idea, you figured out how to make the escape room in a box. You know, turn the room you're in into a, or turn the box, make it so that it applies to the whole room that you're in right there. How did you get people to hear about your product? What got people excited about it? What what has allowed it to be sustainable? To be honest, when I first started, I had no clue what I was doing. I had the idea. I had the box. I threw it up online and thought, okay, maybe somebody will like this. Um, I thought maybe I'll find you know two or three escape room nerds like myself that would like to play it. But um, I joined on to a site called Crate Joy, and yeah. then immediately I began to find fellow individuals that were enthusiasts as well. And I didn't know there was any sort of a community out there for people who liked escape rooms. Until I jumped on Facebook, because that's where you find any community of people. <laughs> and I was seeing, you know, there were 10,000 people in a group and 15,000 people, and there were podcasts devoted to it. And so I kind of started there. So I began to talk to people about it, asking them, you know, what do you want out of a, in a board game escape room? What sort of things do you like about escape rooms? What themes are interesting to you? And by kind of reaching out to some of the enthusiasts, I got some of my first reviewers and my first subscribers. And for a long time, things spread via word of mouth alone. So kind of somebody would grab one, they'd play it and go, this is cool, and pass it off to a friend or pass it off to a coworker. And then it kind of just grew exponentially from there. So eventually I started advertising and um, actually marketing two different groups of people. But it really started out as a very grassroots sort of a box, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. So what would you say is like your main goal behind having the subscription service? Because, you know, coming up with a subscription service, you know, so unique, you know, and the fact that you're also a teacher, you know, you can tell it's not just about making money. You know, you have a passion for the escape rooms. What is your goal in trying to provide this and make it accessible to other people? Well, I like the idea of escape rooms in general. And one of the things that my box does is it does kind of introduce people who may not be familiar with escape rooms to the concept. So I feel like the box itself is kind of helping out the escape room genre to begin with because we're getting new people into the idea of escape rooms. Uh, Our goal is to eventually take all of these 
cool games that we have that are now retired because when you know a game runs January and February it becomes retired when we move on to the next crate yeah uh, I plan to take these games and make them into more of a single sale you can just buy a game and you can go back through and uh, play past games that once they're gone they're not really gone because it's kind of oh, like yes. you're losing your child when you you know the third of the month comes and I go okay goodbye confederate game we're going on to the pirate game yeah <laughs> and also we are moving into um educational and corporate uh events so we have a special escape the crates uh program that works with schools so we have uh games that are designed for different grade levels and state standards across the country so we have a uh inca maya aztec box right now which helps out with students who are in fourth through sixth grade with learning about the Mesoamerican cultures. And so we've looked through, we found really common standards, really common things that they need to know for their soul studies curriculum. And we've kind of fit it into a 35 to 40 minute box that can be shipped out to teachers. Okay. And they don't have to make up the lesson plans for that unit. They can kind of just play the escape room box. That's incredible. That's awesome. Um, so... When it comes to like the idea of subscription services, what do you think that makes people get excited for subscriptions that come in the mail as opposed to, you know, going and like looking for it and buying it themselves? There's something very mysterious about it. When you you get home and there's this random box sitting in your front porch and you see the cover and you start to think what's inside of it, you open it up, you peek at the envelopes inside, you see some clues and you think you know, wow, I wasn't really expecting to get this today. I have no idea what's in here. Yeah. And you have that sort of Pandora's box thing about it where it sits in your table, you start to gather friends together, you say, we got to play this. And it just has that temptation about it that if you go to the store and you see a game on the game shelf, you know you're getting Monopoly. You know you're getting Scrabble. It doesn't have that mystery about it. There's that um, anticipation that comes as well. And our boxes build upon um, each other, so you don't have to start with the first box. You can start with the box that's current, but some people have gone back through and played the boxes from beginning to end, and it has a continuing story, really? which people are caught up in the story. They're trying to follow these time travelers who are back in time facing off against this bad guy who's attempting to change history. So they're trying to figure out, you know, who is the bad guy? Where is he at this week? What did they mean two boxes ago when he had this code I deciphered that mentioned about a hidden object found in Bonnie and Clyde's bank? What do they mean? They start piecing together puzzles and they're trying to figure out a larger mystery between the boxes. That's awesome. So with that like larger mystery and things, you know, how how far ahead have you guys planned for that to run between all the boxes? Is it sort of a step-by-step thing, or do you guys already know the end of the mystery and you're just panning it out as long as you can? We sat down shortly after we did the first box, and we kind of did an outline for 20 total boxes uh, following one single mystery. And whether it will go through all 20 of those episodes or not, I, I have no idea. But we have a vague outline of when you'll reveal a certain information about, let's say, the identity of who the bad person is or what their goal is, it kind of follows box through box so that um, eventually that main storyline will tie up and another storyline can begin. But um, we sat down and we thought, not only what can this main storyline tell, but what individual stories can we have? We wanted to have a varied different type of boxes going on you know one time we have a civil war box another time pirates then we have a magic based box or a dinosaur box 
So we had the individual boxes to plot out as well. So we don't go too heavy in, you know, scary boxes or too heavy in uh, sort of the out there boxes. We want to split up the different themes. Yeah, absolutely. So can, tell me a little bit about the idea of, you know, I, I guess you, you don't really obtain your product as much as you do just create it yourself. So what kind of methods do you go behind, you know, creating this from scratch or from the ground up? Well, we start with the story first. So we, just like writing a novel or writing a, a short story or a TV episode, we plot out an entire story. So we have one coming up in January and February, which is a bank heist involving Bonnie and Clyde. So you and your team are trying to break into a bank vault, and you're being kind of pursued by Bonnie and Clyde, who want to get into the same bank vault. So we went down and wrote an outline, you know, how will you get into the bank vault? How do you get into the bank? So we researched Bonnie and Clyde. We figured out that they like to hide out in gas stations. So you have to first start off in a gas station and figure out some clues there. You need to break into their car. You need to drive their car to the bank, break into the bank itself, and they get into the vault. So after we plot out that storyline, the puzzles come next, and we figure out what type of puzzles do we want. And we try to have one or two really physical puzzles where you have to actually manipulate objects or, uh, you know, maybe erase something or tear up paper or uh, maybe even use a black light on something or enter a key into a lock. We go through and figure that out next. And then the objects that we buy or have made for us come last. And we kind of plug that in. So if we have a puzzle that is going to be a riddle are there any objects that can help you solve the riddle that we can throw in there that if you look at the object you go oh that's what they're trying to do so it's kind of we start with the story then we work to the physical items in the box last and then they all get pieced together when we fill a whole bunch of envelopes for each box awesome that's wonderful uh so let's let's take a little bit of a shift in perspective here. You know, we learn about, you know, Escape the Crate, what that's all about. But let's turn to more of your personal experience as far as looking at this as a business, you know, because you started this from the ground up, had this idea from the beginning. What is something that something crucial or a couple things just outlined that you have learned throughout the course of creating this business from the ground up? Well, I think the biggest thing we've learned is to never underestimate, underestimate the value of finding people that are, have very similar views towards you uh, online and having them help market for you. Find those people that like the same things and have them play it and have them help share because they'll help find other people to get your business off the ground. That was very big. But also having a plan in mind. You don't want to start out with something for a business and not ha not be two or three steps ahead or else you're going to start missing deadlines and you're going to come across these moments where you think I have no idea what to do next or uh-oh I don't have enough time to order this item or order this box or there's no way I'll be able to um, get everything filled just in time for it. So I guess having some sort of a grassroots start where you find similar people and then having a very clear outline to guide yourself with are the most important things we've discovered. Excellent. Absolutely wonderful. Um, so still in line with that, if you could, you know, obviously since you're a business, you know, not a lot of people get to interact with Chris Barnes all the time because, you know, you have a great website that people can go and, and uh, navigate through that. But if people were to talk to you and you were to really share a bit of your heart about Escape the Crate, 
what do you want people to know about your business? Like, what makes you exceptional? What's something that you see in your business that people would miss out knowing the heart of your business if they didn't know? Well, a lot of times people look at us and they just say, hey, you're a board game. And they think, all right, you know, you can get those at Target or someplace else. But ours is a little bit more than that. Ours, we have a storyline that goes on, and I'm I'm very passionate about getting the history involved into it. Uh, being a history teacher myself, I feel as if I'm doing a little bit of a service of educating people about some of these weird historical time periods we go to. We have a lot of families that play, for example, and it makes me feel fantastic when I get reviews online from you know a mother who has an eight-year-old who she says, we just have loved the Houdini game. We learned all about Houdini. My son wants to go to Coney Island now or hmm. is picking up a magic book based off of it. That makes me feel fantastic. Or when I have people that email me back and go, I had no idea that you know, there was a Civil War spy in Washington that was close to the White House that was, had better notes about Lincoln's meetings than Lincoln did. When they start discovering this, that makes me feel fantastic. And I feel like I'm sort of educating people in a classroom, but through a fun way in the box itself. And that kind of goes past the business, uh, past any money making or anything yeah. else for me. That's sort of a, a common goal I've discovered. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Um, let's, let's take a bit of a turn. What would you say has probably been one of the most challenging or difficult aspects of getting this started or going through the process? Well, I, I will say it's not very easy trying to get things set up for shipping internationally. Ah, that, okay. was a big, that was a big challenge for us because when we first started, escape rooms are very new in America. But instead of Canada, Great Britain, uh, China, Japan, and especially uh, the rest of Europe, it, it's huge. Australia as well. And so right from the beginning, we had people asking hey, can you ship internationally to us? And I thought, okay, how hard can that be? I'll just click a button and we'll start shipping internationally. Mm. There are a lot of hoops you have to jump through, especially when a box has a lot of objects to it and you have batteries instead of a box and things like that. A lot of things to consider and a lot of things to declare to figure out. So if I had, could go back to the beginning and I knew what I knew now, uh, it would have been certainly a lot different getting started international shipping. We've figured out ways now, but it is still rather costly and very time-consuming shipping internationally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what do things with your team look like? You know, you started this on your own. What do you have in terms of a team? You know, how many people are working with you, or is it still you taking this on on your own? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I began thinking I could do this all on my own. I thought <laughs> every night I could sit down in front of the TV while I'm watching Survivor on the TV. I'll stuff, you know, 10 envelopes. <laughs> well, that, that quickly I realized that was not going to happen. Um, I still am pretty much on my own. I have some friends that work for me for pizza, which is wonderful. So sit down at the table and we stuff envelopes. I have an envelope stuffing party. Uh, my mother and father have been very good about whenever I'm around them, you know, I drop off hey, mom, here are 2,000 envelopes. You know, by next week, could you get these filled for me? <laughs> so, you know, I have some very loving people in my life who help me out with that. Yeah. I'm still pretty much on my own, though, which um, which is nice. I like being my own boss. I'm a little bit of a control freak, especially because with an escape room game where each box has roughly 10 to 12 envelopes inside of it, if one envelope is not complete with everything inside of it that's needed, every item, mm -hmm. the riddles don't make sense. And so we've had some times where 
you know, if I if I give up the control, like it's a little bit harder to make sure that every object's in the correct place for the puzzles to flow as they should throughout the game. Absolutely. So right now it's a lot of a lot of very good friends who helped me because they knew how much it means to me and they like getting free pizza and having a party at my house. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> so what are things, I know that you said earlier, um, you know, making these these boxes not necessarily something that's only a, a subscription, but being able to buy previous boxes and previous games, um, that that's something in, you know, your next sites is something you want to accomplish. But what do things look like overall for the future of your company? Do you think that you're still on an incline, that you're starting to get more of a steady rhythm? Um, where do you think things are going and uh, what's the sort of the perspective approach that you're taking into that? Well, we are growing very quickly, uh, much faster than we'd even projected in our wildest dreams. So we're growing very quickly. So right now, our biggest focus, as I said, was getting those standalone games out. So we are making as many of the old games as we can to have a stockpile of the games so we can get them out whenever people order them. Yeah. But we are looking into... Uh, finding some companies to help us produce the box in general because we're getting to the stage where it's getting to be a little bit too much even with multiple people working in my living room making the box. It's just too much to make in there. So we're looking right now to see if we can find some companies that will help us out by taking off a little bit of the load of the work for us. Okay, cool. It's a scary challenge, but it's one that's (laughs) needed for our business. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, So tell me, what would you say is your favorite escape box that you guys have created? Ooh, that's really hard. That's like asking, you know, to pick your favorite child. <laughs> I I usually always say the current one because it's the one okay. that I'm most engrossed in. Like Absolutely. right now, Bonnie and Clyde. I've learned everything I can about Bonnie and Clyde through it. But if I actually step back, I think my favorite one is probably uh, one that we did back in July, which is called Escape the Trials of Houdini. It okay. is a box that takes place back in the Victorian era Coney Island, 1907 Coney Island. So you're in Coney Island. You have to go through the fun houses and the roller coasters and the Ferris wheel. You get to solve some clues left behind by Harry Houdini, who has some information you need. And along the way, you find bits and pieces of his magic tricks. And so, of course, the only way to escape the crate in the end is to use the playing cards and the rope and the rings and all the different objects you have and you actually have to figure out the secret to one of his magic tricks and perform it. And only by doing that can you escape the crate. Not to mention there's a cool part there where you get to sabotage a member of your group and physically tie them up instead of one of his famous rope tricks. So <laughs> fun when you always, you know, get to uh, be the loser and you have to go escape from a rope in the corner. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so what what are things, um, you know, obviously you get very in-depth in all of these uh, different, you know, episodes and these different eras, you know, the variety of different kinds of contexts and time and history and location setting is phenomenal. What are some things that you're looking for to in the future as far as settings? We are thinking... We've kind of done a lot of American history, which is my favorite thing. We want to expand out into world history a little bit. I would love to do a medieval one, so in a castle, uh, maybe look at some British history. 
but we're also looking for specific time eras too. So we're thinking a box themed around the 1950s, around the 1980s would be really fun. Yeah. So we find different pop culture elements to be put into a box. And we haven't done anything in the future. And we are a time traveling business. So we like to maybe do a spaceship or something that takes place maybe, you know, 30 or 40 years in the in the future, which makes the history person and myself get a little bit, I get a little bit nervous about yeah. that. <laughs> I don't do a back to the future situation where we predict something really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so that's, that's what we're kind of thinking right now. So we have a couple of boxes that will that will meet that storyline. So we have a certain a couple of plot elements that have to happen, and we have a few boxes that we already have in place that will help carry that storyline along. But we're thinking more towards early next year right now, getting some of those other themes out there. But we had to research it first, and it takes a while to research these eras. That's awesome. Um, so when it comes to you mentioned this a little earlier, um, the idea of the classroom experience. Obviously, you're a teacher, so you get a really cool perspective in knowing students, knowing, you know, how to approach them, how to engage them. Uh, and you said that you, I'm, I'm assuming, and I believe that you said that you've used this in your own classroom before. Yes. What has been your experience? You know, not just necessarily creating one for the classroom, but actually watching your students engage with this kind of material. Well, I knew that escape rooms are good for team building. So a couple of years ago. Right before I made the first box up for the class, I thought, I'll create an escape room in my classroom. Because my class of that year, we're having a couple of issues with working together. And so I thought, I'm going to create an escape room in the room. So I hid keys and locks and safes around the room. And I thought, this is great. And so I let all 30 kids loose in the room to find the objects. I knew immediately that was a very bad idea. Because we had... <laughs> Throwing the trash can in the air looking for clues. The principal peeked his head in the door and went, is everything okay in here? And I'm like, yeah, we're just trying to escape the room. Kids are tearing posters down from the wall. And I thought, okay, <laughs> disaster. So when I thought about the idea for the box and I brought it over, I knew that I could have this in a little bit more of a controlled setting. And so I grouped students together based on abilities. So I'd have one kid that I knew was a very good math student and another kid I knew was very good with words and another kid that would look like a very good leader and I put them into those groups and these are kids that don't normally work together I put into these groups and I gave them the box and then for those 35 to 40 minutes they were kind of forced to work with those people even if they're people they don't normally interact with and it was cool because you really got to see the leadership and some people really shine. Yeah. And at the same time, you also had some other kids that are usually really quiet. It's really hard to get them to answer questions in class. You see them get that light in their eyes and they start jumping at it and solving these puzzles. And I swear I've heard more kids speak during the escape room than I do normally during a, a regular class because they don't think I'm listening. They think just their peers are listening. So if they're wrong about a riddle or they're wrong about solving something, hey, the teacher's not going to get after them. Yeah, It's really cool. And I really liked my, my one of my favorite moments was when one of the kids looked at another one and said, great, that's a good idea, but you need to wait your turn. Let's listen to what this kid has to say. Mm, yeah. And I thought, wow, I, I don't need to teach anymore. I'm going to sit back here at the desk and let them run things. <laughs> Absolutely. So, doing an escape room in my classroom right uh, in about a week or so from now so my kids are already asking about it and so I told them the theme and so some of them are already trying to research that era hmm. so they might have a little bit of a head start in other people which makes me feel great too that they're actively you know googling things from that time period 
Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. That is, that's amazing. Well, uh, Chris, it seems like you have had a wonderful experience crafting a game that creates an experience, one that's educational, one that's um, involved, one that's uh, historically, you know, interesting and invested, but also that's simple and accessible. And so uh, props to you on finding the success, pursuing a passion that you have um, that's not only admirable, but it makes a great story. Um, What a unique unique business venture and way to enjoy uh not only enjoy your hobby but allow to allow you to give that hobby as a simple opportunity to other people um before we wrap up is there any last sort of thoughts or uh statements that you'd like to sort of to share just a little bit well i guess the thing is is if you've never tried an escape room or never tried one of the boxes Give it a try. It's a great way to have a family game night where you're away from the computer, you're away from the TV. It's kind of like going back in the days when you know you were a kid and you sat down with the family to talk. You're solving a mystery. So I guess the thing is, uh, you know, if you're thinking about what the new new thing you can try is, I guess try out an escape room, try out the box, maybe learn something in the process. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you again um, thank for you your very time. Much. Uh, again, what a great episode to kick off um, our very own package podcast. You know, we're starting up our own. And so we're very thankful for your time and for you sharing your passion and your creation with us. It means a lot. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. So that's the show. Next time we will delve into the world of the show is hosted by Ryan Hughes, produced by me, Eric Lambiasi. Intro and outro music is done by Oliver Naztaviski. Background music is done by TRG Banks. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe for more great content. You can listen to the next episode in two weeks. See you then. We are subscribed.